This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to the Double Feature Movie Podcast. I'm Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined this week by Joanne So, Chief Movie Reviewer for the New Paper. Hello. Hello. The film this week is slightly different. It is a big-time Oscar contender with 10 nominations, including Best Actress, Best Director, Best Film, I believe? Best yes, Picture, best as they call it? Best Picture. Um, and many others. Well, seven others, if you're really <laughs> counting. What is the favourite about? It's a period picture, right? Yes, it's a period picture. About Queen Anne, I think it's towards the end. Well, Queen Anne didn't have a huge reign. She reigned for, and this is where we say, thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> Queen Anne reigned for, from 1702 as the Queen of England, Scotland and Ireland, 1702 to 1707. And then as Queen of Great Britain and Ireland, from 1707 to 1714. So in all, that's just 12 years. Well, a 12 year reign. That's pretty short. Well, compared to by today's standards, who's, uh, the current monarch is still going 60 something years later. As many British people will be completely unaware of, under Queen Anne, Great Britain was formed when England and Scotland were unified. At least you know your history. Well, thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> British people will have no clue about who this is. It's not one of the famous monarchs. Queen Elizabeth I, sure, we know about her. She's even had a couple of movies, Yep. if not more. I think that's how we know more about her. Yeah. <laughs> if you get a movie, you get known about. And so there's Queen Anne. But she's quite a tragic character. I mean, based on what the movies and, of course, based on Wikipedia, I mean, she is quite, I mean, it's quite a sad life that she has. Queen Anne's uh, life is particularly tragic because she lost 17 children. Yeah, to miscarriages, stillborns. So I think it's, it's actually very tragic for someone to just lose a child and she, she lost 17. 17 seems such an improbable figure. To, for anyone to have yeah. give birth to 17, 17 children yeah, anyway seems right. improbable. We may uh, make the favourite sound like such a serious show, but actually it's not. It's like more a dramedy. So I think there's, you know, you feel so much for her and you actually totally understand why she's such a crazy character in terms of temperaments. She can be like, you know, happy and then suddenly sad or and then, you know, she just yells and shouts and she's actually quite a bad-mannered person for actually a monarch. But there's so... The swan-like regalness. No, not her. But I think based on what is told in the movie, she has so many illnesses and like she has gout and everything. So she's actually a person in pain all the time. Mm. And yet she managed to carry on and then being that thing, the, the queen because she has to be the queen. Okay, but, 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 okay, this film is not so much about Queen Anne. It was more like, a, you know, the tussle for her attention between... Between Sarah, Duchess of Marlborough, played by Rachel Weisz, and her cousin Abigail a.k.a. the fantastically named Baroness Masham, who's played by Emma Stone, both of whom have been lauded. Yeah, I think uh, they're nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Mm. The characters are quite interesting, the ladies. Um, like Sarah, Rachel Wise's character, is already um, the Queen's right-hand lady, and she's the one who's actually running the show and running the courts, and she's the one making decisions or, you know, for the Queen, who is totally really not care about what's going on in politics mm. and all. So in comes Abigail, this a former lady. She lost everything, her lost her entire estate because of her dad's gambling habit and her dad passed away. So she okay. became a like the servant. So it's like, you know, ground bottom up. Uh-huh. But if you ever thought of like a 
the early influencer, she is really one person who knows how to climb her way up and use her her power of manipulation to influence the queen. So who are you backing in this particular film? Is, is, are you like, one is the good guy, one is the bad guy, or is it like a court of deplorables? Is everyone just as bad as each other? I don't think everybody is bad, but if you're talking about like the bad guy, I think Emma Stone is the bad guy in the show because she's really one power-hungry person who really, really, really will do anything just to get her way back to become a lady again doesn't matter who she steps on and how does she do it but it's in a way it's nice to see Emma Stone doing this kind of role because she's usually the good girl and we're all used to it and sometimes it's a bit annoying because she's so perfect so this is actually quite interesting and and what I really enjoyed about the I mean the, the three ladies has fantastic chemistry and how they'll backstab each other the rivalry and so okay it all started with Sarah trusting Abigail you know, really trusting her. And of course, she got stabbed in the back. And when Abigail found out the secret between um, Sarah and the Queen, because they're bedfellows. And okay. so... Nicely Abig- put. <laughs> Emma will do anything to get in bed with the Queen. Literally or figuratively? Both. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I think um, this this show kind of cast a light on, on obviously, is the whole women power... The men are really is like you know neglected or not really neglected in a way. How you say? Vimbotic. Yes, the vimbotic might be is the p- perfect. <laughs> They're the ones who are care about how their faces look. They are all kicked up in very very thick makeup and wigs. So and and it's quite interesting because um, I what I noticed like the three women are and all the other court ladies actually kind of have devoid of makeup or very very minimal makeup. While the men are all doll up. And they were talking about like you know your mascara is running and you need you need to touch up your eyeliner and that's hilarious in a way. This is the time of the really big wigs. Yes, yes. In the lead role of Anne is Olivia Colman. Yes. She's a, a brilliant comedic actress. She's also done really heavy dramas. Tyrannosaur is not the easiest of watches at all, but she plays an abused wife in that one to mm. devastating effect. And then there is slightly more popish drama such as The Night Manager which is essentially the only thing I can bear to watch Tom Hiddleston in. She is brilliant in that. In fact, Olivia Colman is pretty much brilliant in everything, but how is she in this? I've not actually watched any of her films before or shows. Like, I mean, I've been wanting to watch Night Manager, but never got around doing it. But, I mean, she's. I was like wondering, who is this lady who is, you know... It's like, it feels like she's some, somebody new to me, but yet it's, you know, her... her she just embodies the the pain, the insecurity, the lighter side of life, and how she actually wants to enjoy her life. It's like, yes, I'm the queen, I don't do whatever I want, but I'm the queen, I cannot do whatever I want. I need to have this image. Mm. You know, the dual identities that she has to do. What I really feel for her is the having to lose all the 17 children. That's the one that, right. you know, it, it just underlines everything. So, you know, it's, you cannot... It sounds like there's a lot of heartache, a lot of... Okay, it doesn't sound... Very amusing. Are there lighter moments? I mean, yeah. you say it's a dramedy. Are there, how much humour is there in this? There is definitely humour. There's certain things that she comes across. She's, whatever she does is actually very comical. But, you know, but underlying, underneath all this funny, you know, the, this, the, that has, it's like, there's the tinge of sadness. That's why I thought she, she just played, balance it all, all really, really well. Well, Olivia Colman already has the Golden Globe 
she's also got the BAFTA, obviously, because it's British. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they're biased, <laughs> but they're biased. Uh, but yeah, you reckon this can? I think so. She, I think take the Oscar. Definitely her over Lady Gaga. So <laughs> if Lady Gaga wins, it's like travesty. So. No. For an alternative view of the Oscars, do have a listen to the Pop Vultures podcast, also from this parish. But right here, we're just going to have a, a look at the runners and riders of the 91st Academy Awards. Joanne, yes. let's go from the top. Best picture, we have Roma, A Star is Born, Black Klansman, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, for some reason, and the favourite, Joanne... Who do you think is going to win? I think Roma is going to win. It's quite a unique film. I mean, we have not seen a black and white film in a long time since The Artist. And it's very interesting to see that it's on Netflix and not in the main films. It's a wonderful to see a Netflix film that is not about an apocalyptic event <laughs> or some other dystopia. But no, I mean, you watch it on there and even on the small screen. It feels like this is a very different film. You know, it's it's not your usual fare. It's uh, it has an aura of otherworldliness about it. You know, I think I think it, I'm I'm hoping that it will win too. Also, because for what um, Alfonso Cuarón has gone through, like people rejecting his film to show on big screen because it's not a film that will have legs, and yet look at what he has done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be great if it does win for that. Uh, I have a horrible, horrible feeling it could be Bohemian Rhapsody, but uh, I don't know. They may have given the Brian Singer thing at the moment. I don't <laughs> think they particularly want to highlight that. Uh, otherwise, I still think Star is Born. No, I hope not. Ah, but Star is Born is, is, is heritage. I know, but it's just... It's like the 50th iteration of A Star is Born. It's time. Yeah, but it's just a... You know it's an Oscar bait film. Let's move on. Best actor. We have Remy Malek, Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Willem Dafoe and Viggo Mortensen. I think Viggo Mortensen might win because Green Book is doing quite well now and after the whole um, Oscar nominations, the box office has actually shot up, So, which is good for the filmmakers. But personally, I'm hoping Christian Bale will win. Although I never get to watch the movie since it's not shown in Singapore. But... Uh, I have a soft spot for Christian Bale. I've got to envy someone who can put on weight and lose the weight as well. Uh, I think it may well go to Romy Malek because, I mean, when I saw it, I figured this is an Oscar-winning performance, but... Can you see him doing other things? I'm not so sure yet. I don't know, really, because I've only seen him in Bohemian Rhapsody and he was... He personified yep. Freddie Mercury. I've not seen Mr. Robot. Yeah, no idea. I've seen his performances on the red carpet where he seems very, well, as though he's been eating something very peculiar. Actress. Actress in the leading role. We have Glenn Close, Yalitza Apatio, Olivia Colman, Lady Gaga, and Melissa McCarthy. I would like Glenn Close to win. This is a seventh nomination, and she should get something. But she's really, really good in The Wife. So, but I don't know. I, it's, it looks like one of those films that wild horses couldn't drag me to. Mm, yes and no. It's, uh, I guess we would call it the old people film, but it's a very well done film <laughs> by a veteran actress. But looking at what Oliver Coleman is going for, going now, she might win it. I think she. 
I mean, I, ironically or tiresomely, Olivia Colman is the favourite mm. at the moment, I yep, feel. Yeah, seems like it. Yeah. Okay, uh, supporting actress. We have uh, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk, Amy Adams for Vice, Emma Stone for The Favourite, Marina de, de Tavira for Roma, and Rachel Weiss for The Favourite. I would like Rachel Weiss to win. She is really good in The Favourite. It's very different, very refreshing. Okay, then supporting actor. Mahershala Ali for Greenbook, Adam Driver for Black Fansman, Sam Elliott for A Star Is Born, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Sam Rockwell for Vice. I think this is one of the strongest categories. I, I could not pick any of these apart, yeah, really. It's, it's impossible to pick up all of this because, I mean, I've not watched Can You Ever Forgive Me, but Richard E. Grant seems to be, you know, doing quite well, well on the charts. I mean, Richard E. Grant kind of channeling his withnail character from 20, 30 years ago uh, as a, how can you put it, hopelessly functioning alcoholic he comes across with just enough charm, but you would never want to meet this person in your life. Maybe Richard E. Grant. I get the feeling they're going to be wanting to give Green Book something. It could well be Mahershala Ali, because the man is everywhere, even if it's in bad films like Alita. <laughs> you can't escape the guy. I think it could well be him. Director. Of course, we have Alfonso Coron for Roma. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favourite, Spike Lee for Black Klansman, Adam McKay, Adam McKay for Vice, and Powell Polodowski for Cold War. Cold War being the complete outsider in this one because I don't think it's come here. No. I doubt it's going to come here. What do you think? Alfonso. I think that's hands down as Roma. There's no, I mean, Spike Lee, hmm, I, I don't think he's not the kind of Academy person. I don't know. It's like your crew points over your career. And at some point... <laughs> at some you, point, sometimes yeah. you get something. If you've built up that many points and still not won one, you're going to win one. We'll see whether if Glenn, I don't that know applies if to Greg, Glenn Close, she had seven, she has not won. Could so. well be, could well be. But always with these things, it's never quite the film that you want them to win for. But I think it's Alfonso, so he's on a roll. And if Roma does come away with so, all these major wins, it's going to really upset the traditional movie industry. Yeah, I think so. That Netflix can win it. You know, that, that's why I'm hoping that Roma will win, because it's to show how, I mean, it's like, you know, there's more to cinema in the, in the industry. I mean, there's so yeah. many places you can go to and watch, and, and all, you don't have to be stuck in a, in a theatre. And it gives, I think, um, filmmakers a better chance to get their works, you know, screened to, and be seen by more people. Yeah. Uh, Let's go for a slightly more fun one. Animated feature, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. How Ralph Breaks the Internet? Animated feature category. It really does get kind of desperate to add something to it at some point. How does Ralph Breaks the Internet get on there? Well, it's a Disney Well, film. I mean, that's what I thought about <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody getting to Best Picture anyway, but it's... Every year there needs to have a Disney picture and a Pixar nomination. Well, that's Incredibles too. Yeah, so you have it's it's just there. They, they, they just need to make the, make the list. Anyway, if Spider Man instead of Spider Verse doesn't win it, you know there's something truly, truly rotten in the state of Denmark, because 
it is still stupendous. It, I'm still in love with it. You can catch it again on IMAX? Yeah, and now it's coming out in IMAX 3D. And given how overwhelmed I was by the 2D version, 3D IMAX could kill me. <laughs> okay, so slightly easier than the score is original song. So we have Shallow from A Star Is Born, All the Stars from Black Panther, I'll Fight from RBJ, The Place Where Lost Things Go, Mary Poppins Returns, and When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So Netflix still gets in there. <laughs> I would like All the Stars from Black Panther, which is uh, Kendrick Lamar and... <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce these young people things. But it was on a uh, very heavy rotation for me. I'm not so keen on the Star is Born soundtrack, to be honest. It's, uh, it doesn't quite it hit me that way. It is made to win. It's made to be a hit single, so it will win. They have to give Shallow some... I mean, um, they have to give star, star something. A Star is Born some things. Yeah. Shallow, come they on. They have to acknowledge that Lady Gaga was in it at some point. Yeah, that's right. So it's like Constellation Prize. Okay. She has to win something. She has to be on stage to say her thank you speech. So this might be it. It's a landmark year for the Oscars. They really do need to up their game or change the game or whatever. But they are looking like the poor cousin now to everything else. I know. I'm I'm just really, really curious how they're going to start the show without host. Well, I think it's, I mean, this year could well be the wake-up call for the Oscars. They may just reformat it. I still say just have a simple ceremony. Have the big dinner if you want, but for the TV thing... One person goes up on stage, reads the names out, and hands out certificates as they come and collect, <laughs> all in one just row. They do it like, um, yeah, just... Well, it's school prize giving. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. They need ideas. <laughs> Have you seen how much the viewership has dropped? Well, we'll see who was right, who was wrong, and see if any of our predictions have come true. Monday, 9am, on YouTube, for us Singaporeans. <laughs> Thank you for that, Joanne. No problem. You're welcome. If you're listening to us on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify, do rate and like and leave a comment. Tell us what you think. Email in to podcast.sph.com.sg if you have any suggestions. And, of course, do join us again next time for more Double Feature. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightscience.com and bt.sg.